Welcome back to 10 Street Hooligans. I'm one of your hosts, Mr. John Dunning, over here from They Said We Said. Welcome and back to 10 Street Hooligans. All right, well, uh, we have quite a quite a cast of, of hooligans tonight. Uh, let's go down the road. Uh, first off, the producer, Mr. Johnny Slivers. Thanks for joining us, sir. Good morning. The afternoon. It's <laughs> I'm mobile. This is not my <laughs> usual setting. I what, lost what, my nerd. What does your nerd. picture in the background say? Uh, let's see. Someone got me confused for Jacob Tilk, who's now a Pro Tour player. And oh. if he got to do the thing, he was going to do cartoons, and they got me confused for him, which is fine. Okay, okay, that's fine. So you know the whole meme thing, like the this and the this and then this. Like with the butterfly. Oh, the butterfly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the nut draw. It's very MTG up. snark is this meta. So that's very Mark uh, water styling art skill. I like it. Very simple color crayon yeah. style. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not skilled in the artness of the ways. And this is the oversized Shivan Dragon I got in a win from. Oh, uh, this is bad of me. I got it from a prize. It was a commander show. Didn't ask about that one, Johnny. Moving on. Uh, but we wow. also have our other <laughs> co-host, Magic Wazumi from an undisclosed location. All of you are from displaced locations. Are you Hello. okay? Do you need us to send any pizza? Uh, who, oh. me? What? what? You want, <laughs> what? Who, who are you talk, you're talking to me, right? Um, we yeah, are I got, starting I got off with a bang. <laughs> I got kicked out of my house and I'm <laughs> in a random hotel somewhere. Nice. At All least right. you're out of Florida. Right. Dude, it's fucking cold up here. Let me tell you what. <laughs> All right. He said it's cold. Our, uh, the, not the coach. The coach is on timeout. Uh, so we yeah. have brought it off the bench uh, like Scotty Pippen knocking down those threes. We got from Fishing, Amir Folk Podcast, Mr. Cody Smith. Thanks for joining us, sir. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm 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 a I'm a good fifth man, I think, or a sixth man. Like I like I don't I don't I don't score as many baskets as everybody else. I don't punt as many hole in ones as the rest of the team. But you know, I'm I'm I, I got lots of assists on my belt, so I'm I'm happy to. Uh, to join in, I, I think me and John are maybe uh, the only like people that have been on the show that are in their uh, home element. So uh, we got we got hooligans abroad here. <laughs> <laughs> hooligans abroad. Hooligans abroad. <laughs> and then the special guest uh, coming in from my old stomping ground, the Chili right now, Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes. Dean, better known as Young Corpse from Young Corpse TV YouTube channel. Dude, thanks for joining us finally. Uh, thank you for the invite. I got to be honest. It feels great to be here. i um, kind of been lurking in the comments for you know, a year or so now. Huge fan of the show. Love what you guys do. Uh, you know, big fan of everybody there. And it just feels good. Kind of almost feels like I won a competition almost. You know, feel kind of, we got here. <laughs> Feels I'm good. Sorry, <laughs> this is like the consolation prize. Consolation it wasn't first; it was like third. But uh, you know, third third prize is good sometimes. So pleasure, happy to be here. Oh, third prize uh, from <laughs> from the frigid Arctic tundra of Las Vegas right now. So is it? Isn't it snowing? It's cold, man. Yeah, we actually got some snow last night, and uh, yeah, um, it's, it's cold Snow's outside. There? Yeah, no, right. Had, what? Mate, uh, this is this is when they should do GP Vegas when it's yeah. not sweat <laughs> yeah. your butt off hot. Yeah, I had, I had to wait. Uh, I, I think I got snow twice in the 22 years I lived there. So I moved yeah. and then you got you got it like right away. Are you a, are you a Vegas native? Do you? Yeah, uh, pretty rare, even rare, rare. So born and raised in Las Vegas, uh, you know, been here. I kind of moved away for a couple of years, came back and pretty much Vegas is my hometown. So I'm kind of, uh, you know, pleasure to be here. You know, I, 
surprised we didn't run into each other, man. You know, Magic, the film connection. I mean, you just moved right before we kind of like, you know, got on the, the map per se. But yeah, uh, Vegas is the hometown. So. Yeah, we, we totally yeah, we have been talking since I think the hive mind was, was a thing because we're just yeah. like, like you said, I, I moved somewhat recently, almost two years ago now. But, you yeah. know, I pegged you for I'm like, hey, you're a Vegas dude. Like, where, where do you go play? What LGS do you go to? I wonder if you do go to any of my old stomping grounds. Yeah, I, um, I've been going for about, like, three years now. So I do got two uh, shops I frequently attend. Little Shop of Magic, and then I got We Play Vegas right by my store. Oh, no uh, way. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of like my, you know, my, my main stomping grounds. Uh, I think we are pretty lucky in Las Vegas. There's an influx of shops, and yeah. there's a good selection. Um, some of them, you know, they close down, you know, rather frequent, but, uh, you know, little shops been around for a long time. Uh, one of my favorite ones, cheese boy was local, uh, sure. you know, a lot of, a lot of local players, uh, played there, you know, some people in the community and that unfortunately shut down, but, uh, yeah, little shops, my main stop. That was um, Ruben Bressler's place was a uh, cheese boys. Um, yeah. Little yeah. shop, say hi to John, man. Little shop oh, yeah. was my jam. Yeah. 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 Well, new location and, uh, yeah, pretty much so rep representing Vegas. Um, kind of glad Zuby's here. I know, uh. Z Zuby Vegas is a thing. I know it gets a bad rap sometimes, man. I, I think last time you had a uh, decent time. What happened last time? It was kind of the. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a decent time in Vegas. I just hate the, the smell. travel guy. Yeah, I get you right. The uh, the, the wafts of piss and weed throughout the. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's, it, it's always interesting to see other people's take because I'm you know born and raised. Don't go hit the strip too often. So um, I just. I, yeah. I enjoyed that. It was, it was funny times, but <laughs> I was curious the the photo on the, uh, I wasn't sure on the thumbnail. I wasn't sure if that is as soon as you got off the plane, the funny face and the actual promo for the two street hooligans. I was like, did you just get off the plane? Uh, Vegas, <laughs> Vegas is a bad rap, man, but it's, it's a good city. You just stay off the strip. It's good times. Hey, hashtag Vegas strong. I'm glad uh, that you, that you're okay through all that shit, man. That was crazy. Wow. Uh, what, what just happened with the whole shooting thing. I had a lot yeah. of friends that were there for that and, yeah, um, pretty crazy, man. Even so, I do a lot of video editing work, and for the actual festival that that you know took place at, uh, I did the promo for that festival. So it's pretty, you know, even more surreal. So it's just you know, we're covering the city's doing good, so doing good times. All right, yeah, well let's let's talk about our absolutely thank thank you. Um, so let's go around the horn. Anyone have special guests with them today? Johnny Slivers, what do you got? What are you sipping on? I'm I'm sipping on Vermont White. What? <laughs> that this is vodka distilled from 100 percent milk sugar oh, okay hmm. this is the thing it's it's okay it's wrong. are you already it's drunk <laughs> yeah not yet is it vodka but it's you, vodka it is slowed down straight up vodka zuby do we have a, a, a drunk zuby you're on vacation this is when you get drunk no, zuby. this is not vacation bro it's i gotta ah. wake up butt ass early tomorrow and work all day <laughs> this is a work trip this is no fun whatsoever <laughs> this hotel doesn't have a mini bar <laughs> cody actually it doesn't have a mini bar i'm disappointed <laughs> Do you got a special guest? I do have a special guest, and uh, via text message, I teased John about it a little bit. Um, so my wife um, is in the Navy Reserves, and she uh, left for a deployment uh, on Sunday. So before she left, she had a girls' night where she asked me to go get a bunch of, you know, uh, I I won't say that they're girly drinks, but they're, they're the drinks that she likes. And I'm not generally a person who drinks like, you know, like Mike's Hard or, you know, uh, very, very light wines. I'm, I'm more of a whiskey, uh, whiskey guy myself. So, um, but see, the thing is, is my wife dr usually drinks about like half a glass of wine and then is just done. Like she, she, cause she drinks like once every three months. So, um, 
I'm doing my best to get rid of all the alcohol that's that's stored up in my fridge because it's basically just a bunch of Mike's Hard and Smirnoff Ice. Um, so today, oh, God. today I'm drinking uh, box wine out of Diet <laughs> Coke can. Wow. Oh, from the it. box, like Burt Kreischer style. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like high school era, man. Francia box <laughs> wine, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Jeez. Yeah. So, so if anyone gets the reason why I'm drinking out of a Diet Coke can, uh, I will love you forever. Okay. Nope, I don't get it. I'll tell. I'll tell. I'll tell you guys after. Maybe somebody in the chat will get it. Oh. <laughs> jumping out of this. Oh. oh my god, that wine. Yeah, Dean. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't really miss the beer scene over in Vegas. But did you happen to find a good one? Or I did find. I, I did some searching. I went to my friendly local Lee's Discount Liquor. I don't know if you ever frequented there. At all. Oh, you know, I almost worked prices, for them, right? Yeah, they had like Mr. Lee. Lee for me. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Lee's and Roberto's Common Staples in Vegas. Oh, right? Roberto, Dean's gonna in make Vegas. me cry. I'm gentlemen. playing, man. Vegas is a bad rap. Um, I went in. I went for the uh, Stone Scorpion Bowl IPA. I uh, did some research, kind of just trying to find something a little bit differently. I've been kind of uh, not too proud of it. I'm kind of not drinking the heavy stuff as of late, as far as like the carbs go. So I'm doing a lot of Michelob oh, Ultra. Oh. I don't want to say that out loud and on in the internet. So it's been pretty rough in that Dude, department. Cody just think... busted out Franzia box wine. I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cody. Yeah. Thank you for doing your rolling. But uh, you know, Michelob Ultra Gold kind of get me by. But I wanted to do something special. Get some IPA, uh, 7.5 alcohol. So I think this uh, we'll try to you know nurse this bad boy and not get too. And Eric Eric Williamson in the in the chat got it. It's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, uh, the, the episode okay. where Frank the episode where Frank uh, he's just drinking Diet Coke, like, and you just see his teeth getting red from the wine. <laughs> and so, like, by the end of the episode, they're all just like they're drunk in the therapist's office, and they're all just dr getting drunk out of Diet Coke cans. <laughs> oh my god! Great show. I, uh, Sunny's still going strong, right? I kind of dipped out yeah. after the first four seasons, and I guess it's been better than ever, almost, right? You, you kind of have a Charlie it. Day thing going on, Dean. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'll take it. I mean, yeah. the beer thing. Hey, I get I get Pat Oswald, so just take yeah. Uh, I'm drinking <laughs> more of the Belvini. This is a, a holdover from my my buddies uh, Tarmo Cat and Doctor Tarmo Cat. Uh, they were gracious mm. enough to send me this bad boy, so I'm gonna drink a dram of scotch. Uh, we're gonna go with that as a dram. I'm drinking it out of a beer glass because I'm classy, uh, and more importantly, I have a sidecar of burgers with it. So I have dinner, dinner and a show. A show. Yeah. <laughs> I had a burger for dinner. Yeah. So uh, first off, before we kind of jump into what we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, please head on over to cardsphere.com, the best place to buy, sell, and trade your paper magic the gathering cards. You could also hop on over to inkgaming.com, uh, enter promo code HiveMindMTG, get cool, like really high quality play mats like this doggo right here. Uh, you could also find uh, cool play mats for uh, the Hive Mind and Tin Street Hooligans. Also, we have two other people. Uh, Zuby, you have a promo code. Go ahead and plug that. Um, yeah, it's Zuby10, I think. Something like that. <laughs> I was not <laughs> laughing at you. Uh, uh, Jason said I should be writing. Why am I watching this from Jason Alt in the chat? Uh, I don't know. Sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> work, hard, work hard, play hard. Come, you, know, you have to come hang with the Hooligans, man. Yeah, Cody, uh, you also have, are, are a big inked gaming guy, right? What's your what's your yeah. uh, plug? 
So uh, I, I will be fine with not using my plug if you just buy a play mat. So you can use oh. like Zuby's code to buy one of our play mats and it'll work out like oh i'm sorry it, you got an artist page too it's cool yeah yeah we have we have our own uh we have our own play mats there's even one without like our name it just has like the fish logo so if you like merfolk but you don't like me uh you can you can still <laughs> oh, get yeah. <laughs> you you can you can you can uh you can still get a merfolk play mat with some great art by ishton um who did the dice yeah. to removal play mat art so uh yeah yeah go, go check it out Use their codes. Don't use my code, but buy my play mat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their codes Very, for your mat. Awesome. Love it. Very nice. Uh, I was going to, this is kind of a far off ep um, episode. Sorry, now I'm eating. I'm such a, so professional here. Um, this is kind of a far off show, but I, I figured that you're a big Ishin fan, Cody. So Ishin's actually going to come on the hive mind in a couple weeks. So. Oh, awesome. I've been Ish trying to get him to get on my show. He, how, how did you get him first? <laughs> Uh, um, John has that animal magnetism. He I does. Guess. He really does. <laughs> He's been yeah, working the system. It's my <laughs> disgusting pheromones. Um, yeah, uh, Johnny, producer, do we have a uh, charity that we're focusing on? Yeah, I even have the page pulled up pulled up here. So I, I went digging around, found one that uh, I wanted to find one that actually had a donation page. So let me go share screen. Oh boy, there it is. All right, there we go. The Ooh. National Alliance of Mental Illness. So this is another charity, don, don, you know, donatable kind of charity for mental health awareness that we are, oh, you know, going to be pushing awareness for mental health charities. Uh, that was redundant. <laughs> good vodka. All right. Anyway, so you're, you're, you're. Uh, we got the. We're pushing. Uh, if you're looking to make donations to a good cause, this is the charity we're going to focus on today, um, rather than buy that pack of boosters of whatever magic cards or whatever game you're playing, send some money towards these guys and go to their donation page and do it that way. So there it is. So there it is. Instead so of buying a booster pack, um, which we don't know how much booster packs are anymore, right? There's no MSRP. Yeah, oh, my oh my God. Um, so yeah, instead of doing that, why don't we uh, throw some cash over to a noble cause like that one? Um, Johnny, what do we have first on the docket today? What are we talking well, about? Since tonight? we are talking about prices of packs and donations and whatnot, uh, why don't we talk about that MSRP shifting around and basically vaporizing into the ether? Who is our finance guy? On, on the cast at the moment, was that uh, I thought it was Johnny Slivers, right? Johnny Slivers, I don't know. Don't, don't, don't right? take finance advice from me. That's that's <laughs> a sad, sad Co coaches. Coach. Hold on, coaches are finance guy. Oh, shit. All right, hold on. I'll call Jason Alt. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, he's supposed to be working. Ah. Yeah. yeah, what's up? Take, take, kick this off. What, what, what's right. going on with this? With, I mean, we try to keep it super positive, uh, especially last yeah. week. We, we purposely uh, dodged all the landmines, uh, and mm. we just, we just focused on the good stuff coming out from yeah, from Watsi. Yeah. Uh, this week, I mean, whether this turns into a shit show or not, it, it just has to be talked about. This is just weird and feels really unprecedented. So, what, what did you? Yeah, I, kick I this mean, off, Zub. I mean, I guess. As far as I understand, like I said, I'm not a finance guy, but from what I understand is MSRP is only really like a North American thing. I don't think it's a big global thing where like in Asia and Europe and Africa and South America and all that. So I think they were just trying to go along with the rest of the world here where they're just like, hey, you guys are going to charge whatever you want anyway. So 
Um, I mean, and let's be honest, stores never charged MSRP for booster boxes or booster packs anyway, except big box stores did. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see should distributor distributor prices go up based on this or not. Um, but I mean, I don't know. To me, it doesn't really bother me one way or another because I think everybody is once again just being alarmist as usual, and um, it's but. Yeah. I don't know. Chomp it out the bit. Go ahead. Well, I don't know. My my initial response was I really didn't know how to take it either, but um, I do have a few shops locally, so kind of like the positive uh, glasses half full kind of guy in me. I was kind of seeing the trickle down into maybe some savings a little bit. I, I just don't know how truthful that's going to be, though. But like, say, if you got a couple of local stores competing, there's no set MSRP. Maybe they might get some price shaving from this guy a couple blocks down. But I don't think that's the case throughout the rest. I did some more research. And I do think that eventually, I think there's more of opportunity just for people to charge more. There's no baseline. I had some issues with like from the vault in the past and a couple other shops just walking into and uh, just over the phone into walking in in person. Just like the MSRP just from walking in the door jumped up and jumped up a lot. So I don't know. I see it kind of getting out of hand too. Like, especially Do you remember the Game World back in the day when they were yeah. up open? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to gouge the shit out of people. It's just like, like hold on. Like, I, I know that uh, the car drive wasn't that long. I just talked to you like 20 minutes ago, and it's like it jumped up in 15 price just from yep. different clerks. So, I don't know. I could definitely see it getting out of hand as well, um, especially with these like Ultimate Masters products, um, the hype going online. I mean, just people are going to charge an arm and a leg. Like, did you guys do Ultimate Masters locally in store, or did you guys go on the, you know, the Amazon? Did you kind of like, like, what did you guys do? Did anybody buy in Ultimate Masters? Oh, I bought Ultimate Masters at 260 a box, but that was way below. Yeah. And I was online, and, and, right? and like you're saying right there, it's you know, for from the vault, right? From the vault was yeah. what MSRP of like 50, 60 bucks, but people sold it anyway for 90 to 100 bucks anyway. Yeah. So yeah. that's not even really following MSRP at all. So, I mean, I don't really think at first this is going to make that big of a deal. Yeah, it felt like because, the Wild West anyway, right? Yeah, because most people, most LGSs sell boxes to 90 to 100 bucks, well below MSRP. Cody. So, um, so, so, uh, as far as like on the positive side, one thing that I can see this kind of working out in the, in, in, uh, in benefit to, uh, local game stores is, uh, there, there's a store, uh, down the road from me that, uh, has a lot of boxes of old packs. So like, you know, like not like old, old, but like shadows over Innistrad, you know, things that aren't standard legal, but like not really things that like you would be, you wouldn't, you wouldn't stop and be like, Oh man, I need I need two packs of Shadows of Innistrad right now. You know, like so so like if if they're kind of um, and, and now obviously MSRP is manufacturer suggested retail price. They can technically sell it for however much they want. Um, I think that this kind of just gives uh, gives the stores license uh, or, or kind of like uh, like street cred with with consumers to just go and say like, oh, you know what, these Shadows of Innistrad packs are two bucks. You know, just just to move them. I mean, yeah. that helps. It helps get them off the shelves. Um, it help. It gets packs for like people who like to chaos draft and stuff. But maybe you know, like I, I would prefer to spend four bucks on a pack where I could get a shockland out of it than a pack where I could maybe get a Liliana, or maybe you know, like there there isn't like a whole lot of value out of out of some packs like Oath of the Gate Watch or something like that. You know, so yeah. um, that that's kind of where I see it going at least at least uh, in favor of uh, LGSs. It just feels like the MSRP is a little bit of a scumbag checker. It's like that 
okay, uh, there is this magical number out there, and yes, it's suggested, but there is this number out there that uh, the the shops or and the, the consumers like it has that unspoken kind of like okay, we know what the bar kind of should be, even though it's suggested. So if you go way above that like double the price triple the price like a lot of people did for especially those like uh those premium products like from the vault and, and whatnot you kind of were searching around for a better deal at least the closest to msrp as you could get um just to kind of play devil's advocate johnny why don't you uh finish this up i i think the i think the msrp going away the, I think there's more long-term things that are, are going to happen down the road because when I, when I hear that, we're talking about sealed product prices now following what the EV is going to be, what the expected value. So when you're basing the price of a sealed product on what you might potentially get, we're, I, I expect to see more fluctuation in prices. And I think I can, I think this can make things a lot harder for local game stores to try and stay in line with that because if they're not watching the price 24 seven, they might be selling it too high, too low. There's a lot of, a lot of opportunity for loss in, in just kind of looking at it without having a real like optic for finance. It just seems odd. I understand this isn't a common practice around the world, but at least in the American market, that it, it's like that's a starting point, and that's kind of like what the big box stores are basing a lot of their pricing on MSRP. That's how they can they can buy massive amounts of product, but still sell at an MSRP because they're like, well, it's the MSRP. I mean, they're selling packs at four dollars. You go to Walmart, Target, you're going to buy packs for four dollars a pack until it comes to clearance time. And some players have kind of gotten wise to that when GameStop every fall has a clearance sale on all of their magic products. So you can get crazy discounts on the sealed product, but they're still basing their pricing on that MSRP. When that goes away, you've got, you're going to have distributors and local game stores looking at how am I pricing this? What's the expected value? What's the worth of the set? And I, I know like, well, I, I, I agree with looking at EV though. They're going to be looking at Amazon or eBay. They, they what, what maybe well, that's the thing. It might we might even run into this kind of tug of war. Like I I saw that I got a comment from somebody about that. Like Amazon might kind of temper this down, and yeah, that's mm -hmm. possible. But if we're talking about if this goes wild west on us, you're going to have a bunch. The whales are going to show up, and they're going to gobble up what they can, sit on it, and then they've got control over supply. But they're going to do that regardless of MSRP or not. Well, I'm just what I'm thinking is there's there's a lot of opportunity to toggle the switches here. I think there's there are people you've got a new system in place and Magic yeah. players are code crackers. They're going to find a way to crack the code, and that's the thing. Like it, whether you play Magic or you're just playing the finance game, there when you when you change a system like this, there's going to be new opportunity for someone to either try and abuse it or break it whether or not that's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's just that's the concern I would have. And I, I'm concerned about smaller local game stores not being able to stay on top of that shifting product value based on what's in the product. Because let's say we get a, a set release and the hype is not just hype, but the cards are actually a strong set. Like right down the line from mythic to common, there are enough strong cards in the set to warrant the box selling for $140, $150, $160 on release. So what happens is your 
like at the beginning of a standard season on a strong set, it's going to be wildly expensive just to get in for that first few weeks of standard. And then people who can't afford it, they're going to have to sit back and wait and hope prices come down. Now, if the set's weak, then you've got the potential for a store might take a bath on something that the distributor may have said, well, we think it's going to be worth this. So this is what we're selling it to you for. And then they've got to make their money back. It's just, it seems... Yeah, but distributors uh, don't go based off MSRP. I mean, I'm not sure how distributors base uh, that. Like, that's the thing. Like, I I don't know. That's why I'm they, not. They have a wholesale cost. Yeah, they're they're not going to go based off MSRP. That's only set by the one that's set by Wizards themselves. But then you know, distributors have to buy it from Wizards, and then they distribute it from there. Um, I, I, I think I think it's just a lot of alarmists going on. So I actually I. I Oh, sorry, Zuby. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, you're good. Uh, so I actually have a question because this this kind of seems uh, very similar to something that we see in the video game industry a lot. So um, basically, every big box release, or even not really big box releases, come out sixty dollars. No questions asked. You're paying sixty dollars for Call of Duty. The day it comes out, unless you buy one of the crazy, the crazy for the things base with, like, game. for the yeah, not for the DLCs, yeah. but the no yeah. boxes, no DLC, yeah. no. Yeah. So I, I just mean like it, unless you're buying the special edition that has like. Uh, a, a remote control car or a helmet that's too small for your head. Yeah. Like you're buying your $60, right? Um, and one of the biggest uh, uh, things is like when you see a game that comes out for $40, I'm not saying that people would look at it and go like that is a worse game, but it, it, it does kind of seem like those games sit on the shelf a lot longer. So now uh, to, to, well, so, so my question is, is like, if there's a set that comes out and let's say uh, on, on this variable pricing model and they say like ultimate masters, you know, 250 bucks a set, right? That's a pretty good example for this. Like this one costs a lot because you can get a lot, but then like, let's say they print a set like uh journey into nyx which had almost nothing of value how dare you uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you could have said dragon's maze we I'm, all would have yeah, been dra okay dragon's maze I, I have a soft before my time i have a soft spot in my heart for dragon's maze uh but <laughs> you would you would <laughs> because i like good decks that's 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 wow. how this works um, <laughs> but, but so it's like it's like would if if let's say a set came out in the future and we didn't know what it was or like what it was like we only knew off previews because i mean you obviously don't know how cards are going to perform in decks like you 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 can speculate um but if if a set comes out and it's like you know a hundred dollars for the for the for, for a box right um, but then the next set comes out and it's eighty dollars for a box. Do you think that that would uh, not inspire consumer confidence? So, do you think this gives like? Do you think this arbitrarily gives uh, stores like they could they could kind of focus more and lean more on the big MTG finance people and be like, no, this you know this return to Kamigawa doesn't have doesn't have the juice so so you should sell booster boxes at this price rather than return to return to return to, return to ravnica is going to have some stuff so that'd be really tough to do with just like a standard list of cards knowing the standard list maybe if that set had masterpieces or some kind of other bonus that you would not be getting in the additional standard set uh, is there really that much disparity between a standard set and another standard set that would warrant twenty dollars maybe if like uh you know Amon or excuse me ixalan to like a dominaria maybe uh, i don't know for me, uh, actually, going on that analogy, I think yes. If I see a board game or a, a video game for forty dollars, I assume it's like a uh, extension of. It doesn't feel like a you know like a, a real complete game. A, yeah, a complete game. So yeah, so I think out of the box, if I see a standard set for twenty three dollars less, 
Maybe I pass. I don't know. Maybe I don't need that one. Maybe, you know, I play, especially now I'm doing a lot more singles. Now I'm buying, you know, not really invested so much in the standard. So I would be more opt to go to a ultimate masters type of product. So yeah. But the, thing, the thing is they're going to be following the market anyway. These yeah. store owners, it's, they're not going to be going based off of what the MTG finance people go off yeah. of. Because it and, was, plus, and plus you got to think about all the pricing history they've had over the years based on yeah. the standard. So they know what their market locally is going to be buying or not buying. And if they're going to be more expensive than Amazon, they know their customers are going to be like, okay, you know, especially if it's a bad buy a box promo, right? No one, yeah. Because who really cares about the bad buy a box promo, like, especially for Ravnica Allegiance? It was crap. Yeah, the vampire, right? It was just like, whatever. Yeah. Not really playable. I played vampires, didn't want it, didn't need it. But yeah, uh, no, wait, that was the promo? Yeah, right. Uh, it was like, yeah. <laughs> Um, I am kind of cu curious to see the big box influence. You know, if they do have the opportunity to like, there's no MSRP. Like, what does a standard set in Walmart launch at? And then, like, can the local shops compete? I'm assuming probably not, right? I, I seem as kind of more bad news for the local game stores. So you think Walmart will come out with like 350 booster packs again? Or? I'm not a I'm not a finance guy, but if there's no MSRP and let's say I, I don't know what the deal is on their uh, wholesale prices, I do remember like a year or so ago back hearing just uh, in the future, which is the coast wants to charge more for booster packs. Standard pr uh, prices for basic booster packs are you know the increase is coming anyway. Maybe that's the way they hide it through this MSRP. It's no longer there, and they can kind of adjust. It's interesting. I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. I, I see it coming. I don't know. I'm curious to see what the big box stores would do, like a Walmart and then no MSRP. Scenario. Well, they're still going to make money, right? I mean, yeah, <clears throat> they're never going to take a loss, even with volume. The The last thing I'll say on this is what stores have to realize nowadays is you can no longer make money just based on magic anymore. I mean, that's been true for years now. So if local stores want to stay competitive, they're going to follow the prices of Amazon, eBay, whoever the hell is going to be, you know, lining these prices up, but they also have to realize you're not going to make money off it. It's so it's so little profit you make off of each sealed product they make anyway. Yeah, I, I would be interested to see what an LGS owner has to say about this. I don't know how at, how at liberty they are to talk about what they make on on magic product. But I mean, I can tell you how much they buy wholesale boxes. Anyway, most of them buy buy them for 75 to 77 dollars a box. Well, but so so the big thing is is that MSRP is a suggested is a suggestion. Yeah. So like Walmart, if they wanted to, they could just go, all right, our packs are two dollars. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that the that's volume. They, yeah, I'm not saying that's what they would do or anything like that because I'm sure they sell plenty of Magic packs as it is. Um, but that's something they could technically do, and Amazon has been known to do uh, just just undercut just a little bit, just just enough to get you hooked on buying from them. So they'd they'd rather have the consistent customer than just than like maybe lose a couple cents off the pack. Um, I mean, so you know, it, we'll we'll have to see how it goes. And uh, uh, like Dean said, it, it might be just like the covert hiding of like maybe maybe they're trying to slightly upgrade what they sell them for or or what. But you know, we we won't know until the future. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> the major thing was was it just felt like. More so than the actual content, okay, we're getting rid of MSRP. It just felt like another thing. Like I woke up this morning, I checked my phone now just to see what the weird like bullshit announcement is from Watsi. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. wait, what? Like now it, it just sounds so funny, right? Like, especially with the whole yeah. like the the uh, uh string of like uh what what is it like horrible the, the comedies GT or whatever? Is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like hit after hit, and they're just like, you you know what? Let's one up ourselves. No more SRP. And like tomorrow they're gonna be like 
No more yeah. paper magic. Exactly. No, no, we're not <laughs> using cardboard anymore. It's all printed on like note paper. It's like it's all printed on magic arena. Yeah. But, <laughs> not doom and gloom. I did see on the website with like, Blake Rasmussen. I don't know if it's damage control. It's like basically, don't worry. This isn't a big disruption in our products. We believe the elimination of MSRP will help communicate better to our players and the places where those players shop. Don't know what that means. It seems like a lot of corporate speak. I don't sure. know. I did, it feels like another like interesting sidestep. Yeah, especially with a lot of the PR moves lately. I don't know. I mean, the uh, the arena catalyst, the wild card. I don't know about you guys. I love paper. I don't see paper going away anytime soon. For me, I play paper, so uh, I'm not really should... there, but I don't know. It's weird. There's a lot of weird stuff going on right now. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but for, for PS3 and for PSP, there was a card game yes. uh, for it's called Eye of Judgment. Um, <laughs> like that would be really fun. Yeah, that'd be really funny if if uh, that if that was if that was something that they could do. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It just be, you, you said like, where, "Where's magic going in weird places?" And yeah. I was like, "I have judgment. Let's do it." I just put up a little cards are there. The card readers we've seen it on loading, running, run. You place the card, it pops up right away. Why not? Right? Yeah. Like little, it'd be... AR glasses. You know, yeah. things pop up. That could be there because I'll tell you one thing. I know a lot of you guys spend a lot of money on paper too. I mean, I'm not going to stop. Uh, I love my paper cards. It's kind of where the bread and butter is. I feel like uh, digital. I'm kind of going all over the place here, but uh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just there's some weird stuff going on with Magic right now. <laughs> well, well, it's just like, does this feel like when when they released Arena and it's like, don't worry, it's not the death knell of, of Magic Online, but it kind of is. There's you know, all the announcements and the things. And yeah, it's just yeah, you, they, you they're just gonna make papers online anymore. <laughs> right, they're gonna make papers so like unappealing to play where you just have to play Arena. Like they're just gonna funnel all the resources into it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're even correlated. It just it just seems like another, you know, addition on this weird comedy train of errors uh, yeah. that we've been just force-fed. 2019 is just the Watsy boom. And they wait until they have these yeah. amazing sets. Like, Ravnica's out, and it's just, like, the best shit ever. And it's just, like, everyone's so excited about what creative is doing and playing magic and all this. coverage, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Another yeah. doom and gloom thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, Hey, hey all you semi players, here's your here's your toys. By the way, you know it's like, yeah. oh my by god, the way, we're, we're we're doing this Magic Arena Invitational, but we're not inviting <laughs> Magic people over to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now purple mana, purple mana is a thing now, guys. I saw that oh. bus going around. Yeah, is that, oh, is god, that real? Please no, 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 that's not real. But but it could be. Maybe who oh, knows? God. Uh, like I said last, last cast, gentlemen, I, I mean, if they don't do something huge to shake up the actual game with War for the Spark or War of the Spark or Infinity, whatever, then what? why why waste our time with all this jazz? So, yeah, kill blue. Let's let's uh, let's go purple. Yeah. Sorry, Cody. Um, no, don't fucking kill blue, motherfucker. How <laughs> <laughs> about you guys? Let's yeah, kind of yeah, kill red, maybe. Uh, red, mono red in the arena. That's kind of driving Kill, kill white and black, please. Wow. All right. Just just a set with three colors. Think outside the box. All right, Johnny. Where where are we going next? (laughs) Uh, I think since we're talking about blue, we'll talk about the blue elephant in the room. Oh yeah. Got banned in arena. Kind Kind of. Best of one. This was oh, and Justin best of one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now it has even less significance in my world. (laughs) I I just. It seemed, it seemed weird. Like in the best of one, they shut now. Now I don't even know what to say anymore. It's like this was a ban announcement. They banned the card in one very specific zone, right? Which is popular. But, like that's the popular one for arena. But I, it's just like. 
But it kind of sets a precedence, though, that we're going to have different ban lists for different standard formats now. Yeah. But even then, that's confusing to a player. This is yeah. see, between. So this is a great one. Like between the way they handled this banning and this MSRP thing, these are all little boxes that Wizards is checking off for. Like it's it's not all one big. We're shutting down the paper operation. But they these are things that lead to that. These are things that confuse players from digital to paper. Like they show up to an L they're used to playing arena. Let's say they're not grinding out for a competitive, but let's say they're playing arena and they're playing best of ones and they're you know working their way up the ranking ranking scale on arena. And they're like, okay, no, no nexus of fate. All right. They build their deck, they build their deck, then they buy it on paper, and they go to the local game store and they get steamrolled by a nexus deck. So Wait a minute! I thought that was banned because you know people. It don't, creates confusion. It does. This is this is like they're sowing chaos. It's like and, Wizards and decided to maybe Wizards is just a crazy old hermit now, and they're just sowing chaos. And, but, and look at what they call um, the two different modes on a Magic Arena. They call Best of One Standard, but they yeah, call Best yeah. of Three Traditional. So what does that fucking tell you that they're going to try to make Standard eventually Best of One only? In paper, right? Yeah, I can see in paper. in all uh, formats, maybe yeah. especially kind of like draft format, and like pretty much don't easy have to mode. Do it. It's like easy mode. Don't remove the sideboard. Go for the Hearthstone crowd. We'll just make it as streamlined and easy as can be. I think that was the, but, the, but that's, the not magic, that's not magic. That's not magic. Yeah, and it shouldn't so, be either. I think uh, it should have been all or nothing, in my opinion. They're, they're going to go with whatever's popular, though. Say best of one takes over as far as popularity goes. Guess what? They, you know, they always said, uh, and this is going in the Wayback Machine, they always said that, you know, Watsy is not going to entertain any fan-made anything. And then Commander happened. They were like, oh, yeah, let's throw all of our money at Commander. Uh, <laughs> if this popular <laughs> in the chat, different legalities in a format. Shock said no popper player ever. Oh, yeah, that so, is true. Yeah, I forgot about popper. Yeah. So if, if I may, uh, I do have actually a chart, that, a helpful chart for new players uh, to tell you what's <laughs> legal and standard. Um, I found this uh, from uh, at Dave Innistrad on Twitter. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and screen share this chart. Uh, so uh, if you can't read it, standard rotation is easy. Anything released in boosters since Ixalan is legal, not counting master sets or wacky, wacky draft formats. Also, each set in Dominary has a buy box promo. Those are legal, mostly. We'll get back to that. <laughs> uh, all these pre-constructed uh, products released in that time are legal, but not all pre-constructed products. Don't even worry about standard legal pre-cons. They're bad on purpose, except th the ones that are good. Those aren't legal anymore, though, but the next ones will maybe. <laughs> 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 and so so uh, I'll, I'll make sure to tweet this out to everybody because uh, it's, it's one of those things that, like, yes, it is incredibly complicated, and uh, unfortunately, some people are just going to... Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna have a hard time. Yeah, although the global uh, series specifically, like, that's only legal in uh, China. Like, how's that? Yeah, like, China. Crazy, super weird. And I think even Arena has like Arena specific cards. I don't know if you guys messed around with those. Yeah. Some of them yep. are kind of playable, but like, there's card pools that yeah, and people are playing with an Arena. It's not in paper. Maybe that's not a problem right now because I'm curious to see how many people are coming into Arena blind and actually transferring over to paper. And if they're going there and the cards aren't legal, maybe that's a good thing anyway because they're transitioning into paper. They're becoming players. You know, there's a you know something to be said. There might be a difference in list, but I think just the digital ban, legal and paper is kind of a you know it should have been all or nothing maybe. In my opinion, I, I don't really think it was a problem per se. 
maybe just I leave mean, it legal. I, the question like, I don't know. Is, is Nexus a problem card in standard in general? Like in, no, no, no. I don't think it is, right? It wasn't a big I mean, problem until Wilderness Reclamation. Yeah. yeah. So and, is and that the problem then? The, the, well, so the uh, other big thing about it being uh, the, the band in Singleton or the uh, the single games only is that um, you, you it's a it's a card that's easily answerable with sideboard cards. And since mm -hmm. you do not have a sideboard, you cannot answer it. So basically, yeah. like like Zuby said, if somebody gets Wilderness Reclamation and just starts spamming extra turns, like there's there is yeah. literal yeah. nothing you can do about it. Because before it wasn't that bad in Guilds of Ravnica. I mean, yeah, it was a problem card, but it was still easily yeah. dealt with. It was yeah. still the deck, though, right? No, it wasn't the deck. Yeah. No, well, no, it was it was good, but it, like it was beatable. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. I think the things. Specifically with arena too, right? Because in paper, once you get that loop going and there's no win con, basically with no win in sight, you just lose the game. And there's no equivalent with that in arena. So they can just basically loop forever, getting people hoping they concede out of frustration, salt roping. I don't know. That's why best of one should have never been a thing. I understand games yeah. are a lot quicker and faster, but of course everyone's gonna go to best of one because it's faster games, you know. But I, I, am I just am I off here or does that seem like that's cutting down design space as well? Because certain cards, you know, Watsi wants to design for sideboards, uh, especially mm -hmm. when it's color uh, specific and, and whatnot. So if you're just doing best of one, there's no sideboards. Why are you know that it just seems like that's cutting off a, a huge vein of design space, too? I don't know. It, it, no, you're right. It really is. If they make yeah. them, if that's the motivation behind that move, then it's not about. I don't think it's about cutting down design space. They want player access. They want people hooked on the junk, and they want them, want it fast. So they want them going to that best yeah. of one, and that's the only reason. It's a little and intimidating. I mean, there's just like the, you know, coming from I'm like kind of full full disclosure. I've been playing Magic competitively for about three to four years now. So when I first started, it took me a year or two to kind of wrap my mind around. But once I did man that just totally like made the whole game it's advanced mm -hmm. magic like you board you board and answers that's pretty much magic you know and i think that uh you, people you have to have more uh you know just believe me let hearthstone be super casual uh, you know i think best you know best of three should be the way to go like i don't know it's very frustrating or maybe they should just have no ranked best of one or just no ranked yeah best of three well, yeah. and and so we we talked about it on on our actually the episode that comes out on thursday uh of fishing where like, I don't know about you guys, but I've been playing Hearthstone, and I, I'm not a, like a serious Hearthstone player. Um, but I do play Hearthstone because it's on my phone, and like, if I'm watching one of my kids' dumb dumb shows, then like I can just pull up Hearthstone and play a game of Hearthstone, and and be done in a minute. Um, and and so like I've been playing Hearthstone basically kind of off and on for I don't know. It came out in like 2013, 2012 ish. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like I've I've been casually playing Hearthstone off and on for for you know half a decade and so like I, i'm wondering how much of it is people that have been trained for this best of one mentality and like that that that's kind of what wizards is trying to to yeah they're uh, trying to get the hearthstone crowd they're trying well they're also trying to write on people's gaming habits and so it's yeah. like if people have been yeah. playing uh, Hearthstone for for as long as I have, then it's like, oh, that's easy. If we if we just set up best of one, then people can pick it up eventually whenever it comes to tablets and phones and whatever. They oh, people can just pick it up while they're taking a crap, and and that's that's good, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I get it, I get it. It's but still, I, I feel like the focus should be more on best of three, and may, maybe the way to get more people to play it is have better rewards for best of three if you do the ladder yeah. on that one. 
I think that's definitely a point because I mean, with the, the mythic uh, mythic ranking goals, where you get like five packs, thousand gold. Yeah. It's like why the bother? Like, how many hours does that take? How does that like it takes hundreds of hours? Five packs. So it's like at the end of the day too, it's like if I see Nexus going in a loop, I'll just scoop, I'll concede, and I'll go on to the next yeah. game because at the end I've of got, the day, yeah. Now, yeah, right. uh, now, for those of you guys who who create content using Arena, I, uh, I I've seen Zuby stream a little bit with it. I don't know Johnny if you've picked it up at all. Um, but like, do, has it uh, changed uh, your content creating habits with this at all? Like the best of ones over like playing like uh, playing standard or playing another format. I mean, I don't really make deck techs or tech deck videos or anything like that. So tech decks, really tech decks have not been cool since the early nineties. Because I don't, I don't know how to. Be, I, don't speak, but. I used to make my yeah. own. Yeah, yeah. No, but cool. I don't, I don't make those no videos. Tech or, and I don't make you know gameplay videos or anything like that. So for me, no, not really. I mean, it does help me at least be able to play Magic because now that I'm not doing F and M anymore, it's you know, I'd still get some standard magic in at least. But you do, but Cody, I've right? Been like, doing that's, a, that's a huge thing that a uh, part of your, what you got going on, Cody. So same question for you. Um, so so the, the biggest thing for me is like, uh, we, we put out a video once uh, uh, six days a week. Um, so one day a week is just the episode. And then the rest of it is like a league. So like in, you know, on Magic Online, standard modern legacy whatever uh you play a league and so you're going to play three games of best of three and so like what we do is we just split up the league videos um and so we put out one match per day and the problem that we're having uh, the problem that we're having is uh when when you play like even if you enter like a constructed league on arena it's like you have eight games and you go until you lose two and so I could lose two, you know, just to bad matchups or variants or, or what have you. Um, and so it really messes with me when I have to put money into this or, or just immense amounts of time to get the coins or the gems, you know, to, to yeah. enter these events. Then it's like, oh, well, I just went and I lost two in a row and I spent 5,000 gold to do so. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's, that's it. Bad. I think the, uh, the arena economy has leaves much to be desired. It's pretty rough, man. It's feel bad always. Spend five thousand gold, bad auto shuffler, bad things happen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what the fix there is. The, the, the shuffler is better in best of three. It, it feels more <laughs> realistic. Yeah, the best of one shuffler. Is yeah, celebrities, yeah. you've been like you've been uh, you've been streaming, right? Has this affected you at all? Me? Yeah, Stream? you are still. No, 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 the other slivers. <laughs> I'm sorry. My hearing is. Uh, I'm drinking that I milk vodka. That milk <laughs> vodka will get you. I don't. I, I stream that. I don't stream nearly enough to. I don't even know how or what I'm doing. I'm like, my <laughs> channel is such a hot mess. I appreciate the shout out. I, it resulted in no subs. <laughs> so I think I, it didn't budge one bit. I think people I don't have the poll. I thought I did. Why am I here? Bro. Dude, I ask myself that every day. Why am I here? And, <laughs> I mean, as far as streaming goes, like the best of one is quicker and I can just go and it's fine. It's just like, I don't know. I don't, when, if I'm streaming on Arena on YouTube, it's just going to be a hot mess and there's no real high expectation there. It's just going to be 
well, I'm losing, scoop and go. And then uh, sometimes I get the win. But I, I, no, it hasn't, I don't have much um, history streaming arena to have a change of habit, unfortunately. <sighs> Well, just to, just to bring it back to should Nexus be banned or let, we could just kind of talk about it uh, as far as, you know, what what uh, what qualifies a card being banned in the first place? And is Nexus any like bigger of a boogeyman than, say, Smuggler's Copter was or Emrakul the Promise End was? Um, is it being used in as many decks? Is it does it uh, promote unfair gameplay? Usually, when uh, extra turn cards are good, that promotes huge amounts of unfunness, right? Like, that is you never want those. Like, Watsi is always very fast to ban. Uh, either uh, fast can trips like treasure cruise or something like that, or uh, extra turn cards. That's why they all cost like seven mana now. Uh, where the originals was time walk at two mana. You know they they've kind of learned their lesson since. You know even uh, time time warp, which is, cost five from Tempest, is still yeah, a highly right. sought after card because even at five mana taking an extra turn, that's one of the most powerful things you could do in the game of Magic Gathering. So does, you know, just talking about it, not not its uh, implications for Arena or anything else, does this card, in a nutshell, should it got the ban hammer, not just in best of one, but overall? They should have done all of it. If they were going to ban it, just ban it all. I, I, I personally don't think it's a problem card. It's um, but they should have done it all. And it was only a problem because yeah. people were abusing the programming, not the card. It was yeah, exactly the way, the way Arena was set up. They found a way to actually just bore their opponents to death, yep. literally. And that's the why. They, that's why they banned it. And it only got enough attention because it happened. What happened? There was a stream, big player, like a, a pro, like a pro level player. And somebody was moderating who was connected to Watsi in some way or close Chris enough play, to like one of the programmers of Arena. Yeah. They could call a guy and basically be like, We gotta fix this. And they banned they actually banned the player that was Which looping. is so dumb. That and is kind of like dumb. It, it's like they're putting band-aids on a programming problem. So they've got this glitch in the program, but they're not fixing it right away the way they maybe should be i don't know what their resources are you know we i can't speak to that but they banned the card because of a programming issue and it just creates confusion and i think the last thing watsi needs right now is creating confusion with their customer bases because this is with that confusion comes questions and questions like well if people get some conspiracy ideas going and then they get a little crazy and it's like oh no it dooms doom on us and, and yeah that gets into kind of this hyperbole alarmist type stuff but it does send it does create the question like what's really going on here like is there something we have to worry about well and, and real quick it's just like it, it my uh idea or, or like my opinion is that i don't like seeing cards banned i like seeing answers printed um and sometimes you can't always do that sometimes the card is just it fell through the cracks and it's just so egregious that it it just breaks the game open and sure fine you got to get rid of you know cut the bruises out of the banana but uh if you know conversely and, and i know i said let's not talk about arena but if we are going more towards that best of one format you can't 
print answers uh, because you don't have a sideboard. So that kind of negates the whole thing as far as printing answers for for a problem card. So if we are going to go that route, then you are going to see a lot more bannings because you don't, you can't, you know, there's only 60 cards in your deck uh, and you can't just uh, have 10 of those, uh, you know, real estate costs a lot in the game of uh, magic you know in a magic the gathering deck so you you can't just throw in certain cards in a main board for one boogeyman card and if you are then that's a problem so uh yeah dean i don't know what do you think should have got the the full shish kebab or was it all right i think i think they're gonna do it you have to do it but considering definitely have answers in the typical paper magic you, you can ban it so it just doesn't make sense to ban it in paper ban it in traditional best of three i don't know maybe just leave it it's just not a place where you want to be um but like i said it's seven mana i think it's pretty you know it, you kind of see it coming if you're playing blue but you don't want to eat up those main slots for just very specific answers for things i feel like if we go to the best of one for the future of magic anyway um you're probably gonna lose 30 percent of the card pool right because there's some of these cards and instants and sorceries are so specific to certain things like how like what does that do to paper magic when you're opening up packs of cards certain cards are banned best of one's the way to go and then you're just opening up dead cards so i don't know i love not banning things it just i'm down for not banning things either but if like the fact that they have a digital issue, like a programming issue, and it, it just maybe is it, I think they should have just gotten rid of the card for for continuity yeah. between pa- digital and paper. They should have been like, you know what, it's a problem in digital. Just get rid of the card. Yeah, they're done. And, and, and maybe just maybe even if there's conflict and controversy over it, it's like at least it was consistent. And that, that's that's yeah. the one thing. The other thing that might, you know, if they go, if they're going the best of one route, maybe it's not so much about printing sideboard answers. Maybe they start start going more modal. Like when we get to, you know, Mark, we, we you're gonna, I I suspect we'll see lots and lots of planeswalkers. So maybe we'll start seeing planeswalkers at the rarity level, like rare, not just mythic. And, and uncommon. And uncommon. Who knows? Like Tibble could be an uncommon playable. Imagine that. So Popper planeswalker Tibble. Popper planeswalker. A possible. If seriously looking at best of one as the future of the game, and they're looking to get rid of sideboard rather than printing sideboard cards, maybe they'll lean more heavily into modal cards where we get charms back with a do multiple things, and even if two of the modes are dead in against the yeah. matchup, you still have works. So, you know, that might be another answer that they can go with. If they if they're gonna get away from sideboard cards, at least they could go modal. And that's a way yeah. to like not make the entire card pool just dead space. I think there's been an increase in mo- modular cards or m- modal cards, not modular yeah. cards. You heard uh, it here yeah. first, folks. Johnny Slivers confirmed think- cryptic man reprint. <laughs> <laughs> Textless. So Texas full art, bring it back. Um, maybe you just draw like a, a man, you know, just like digital is digital, paper is paper. I think you get a little sketchy when you got like best of one digital, cards are banned, best of three digital, this is okay. Like if, uh, you know, obviously Nexus of Fate is a problem in the arena program. Maybe you just kind of go like digital has its own band pool. Paper has yeah, its own band pool. That, though. They can't because yeah. of them trying to do like pro tours on Magic Arena now and all that right. shit. Then they're forced, oh, to, the the one with, they're, they're forced to test on, on uh, Magic Online. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but oh, uh, no one wants that. <laughs> so so my, my, my example for, for having separate ban lists is like... Um, 
so so take your like think about like the time where a friend of yours introduced a game to you, right? And so like for me, this the 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 example that I I think would be appropriate is like uh, Age of Empire or sorry uh, uh, Axis and Allies. It's a it's a board game about World War II, and it is incredibly complicated. Now, uh, when I was told about it, I immediately just like did not want to play it. I was like, this is just in that's too much. Like it's gonna take an hour. It takes thirty minutes to set up. Um, you know, like and, and so it's like the the person on the outside looking into magic is going like, oh well, this is illegal in this version of magic. But then if I download the free one that everyone's telling me to download and it's not legal, then like that that's that's added perceived complexity. And I think that that can be a large problem for people or like wizards trying to bring in people to go like, oh, you can do this here, but you can't do this here. Um, at least with the Nexus of Phase, it's not like a card that's widely available in paper. So it's it's not quite as big of an issue. Um, but yeah, like I could see it being one of those things where it's like if somebody's trying to introduce me to Yu-Gi-Oh, it's it's not it's not yeah. that Yu-Gi-Oh is a, a especially complicated game. It's it's something that's like I don't have the mental like room to do this and magic, or I don't have the I don't have the mental room to play paper magic and this best of one and best of three and legacy and commander and it whatever totally else negates I play. new world order right that's what they want they want it more accessible to everyone especially to new players because you want to grow your game not stagnate with your current player base you want to constantly be feeding in all these new people um so yeah i i totally agree that 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 goes it's so non-intuitive to have a bunch of different ban yes like different formats need different bannings of course uh it, you know and, and that even gets a little wonky like soul rings banned in in 1v1 commander and not regular commander and i've seen that come up on tables with newer players to edh you know just like oh you, you know i did why, that yeah it's like I did why that. you guys it's all like, have soul rings yeah. why can't i have two ors off guild gates in my in my first commander <laughs> oh, deck oh, ever because they're bad <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's not a yeah, no you're right. Yeah, it's a land, right? Uh, I don't know, um, Johnny. What, what do we got? What do we got next? Unless anyone else <laughs> wants to talk about shitty nexus of fate. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap up, I think like the uh, limitedness of the card was kind of built into it a little bit. Like, so you're not opening nexus of fate in packs, so it's not like your casuals are going to be opening that card. Like, your casual is probably not going to buy a box dive in, buy a box, get the buy a box promo, wonder why they can't play it in their deck. So maybe Wizards of the Coast kind of built that into the card a little bit with the availability, maybe. But and, isn't that know, horrible you know, when your buy a box promo is taking over a format? Yeah. <laughs> I was like 30 bucks, right? be yeah. there. That was just a bad call. Right. To, to uh, add, to, add right. to Dean's example, you'd have to be a, a, a filthy casual that then yeah. buys four boxes yeah. to get your four yeah. Nexus of Fate for your deck. And it's like, what are yeah. you doing at that point? You spent four hundred dollars yeah. to get four. <laughs> that's not. You were before MSRP got abolished. Yeah, yeah. The Timmies, <laughs> they're out there. They're credit cards, right? <laughs> Timmies with credit cards. Oh no! Watch Stay out. away from my checkbook, clown. Zuby, you look more comfortable. Now. Yeah, I, I switched up my seating arrangement. <laughs> it looks more laid back. Yeah. Uh, and we lost Cody, but that's okay. We'll, I, we'll... I just had to open my office door. It's getting a little hot in here. It is a little warm because well, we're in there, baby. Oh, it's those bacon and eggs on the back my, wall. My yeah, it's the bacon and eggs. Um, my my <laughs> office is the is like the centermost room in my house, and so for some reason it's like an oven. So like 
all the bedrooms are super cold, but like I'll be sweating in here while I'm editing videos and it's so it's the heat's not in my corner, but it's called the the third uh, dram of Belvini. So, yeah, this stuff is just dangerous. Oh man, so good. Ah, Johnny, what do we got next? Oh, I think another topic would probably be going into what's go- what are they going to be doing with major paper events now that like we're talking about this weird digital conundrum we're talking about the shift in the msrp so i know there's debate going on about what are they the pre pre pro tour the pptqs were supposedly supposed to go away and there's one coming up so they made this announcement saw it on twitter it's like 138 days ago or something that they had made the announcement yet they're still firing off so what's going on with like i'm wondering what's going on with pro tour like when they come down to it's gone now, right? They've gotten rid of it. They're doing the mythic championship. They're doing whatever they're doing through arena. Is that right? Mm, right. Wait, so wait, what are you trying to, they, they've gotten rid of PPTQs and now it's just PTQs and they, they don't have any nationals. They don't have any RPTQs or anything like that. I think they ju- probably just had the last RPTQs for London just a couple weeks ago, I think. And then, and then they're doing weird, like there's some other weird things they're doing with paper events, like over the big thing that the other big thing that came up in the last week was GP London is going, is going happy, firing off on the same, well, pre-release, it was supposed to be pre-release weekend, Mm -hmm, but but then recently I've, I saw some, I saw some chatter on, on social media about they're actually going in London. They're going to be doing it. They are in UK. They're going to be doing this thing where there's no pre-release. They just do release on release day. So, yeah. So, cause they, they've been, they've been testing that already where they've been, if you pre-order boxes, you know, you get those boxes on pre-release instead of waiting the week after. So now what they're doing at least just in the European regions, is they're just going to release all their War of the Spark products on release day or pre-release day. It's just so it's, it's not pre-release day anymore. It's just it's just now release, release day. Yeah. But, release but I'm day. sure they're still going to be playing sealed though. Yeah, they'll have they'll have release events. They just want to have pre-release yeah. events. Yeah, but so but I mean, kind of just changing well, the name a little bit, I guess. Yeah, but but now, see, is it only problem? available that day and not during the week? Because I think it's. You, you, Again, right, and they're going to hold reserve until the week after, or is it just available because it's pre-release? Then, or it's just release? no. I think the yeah. plan is to make it available as soon as release happens. Is no, there yeah. will be no pre-release. It will be you ordered your box ahead of time. Here's your box, and go, go play with the masses. Well, and, and I think I think the problem that that uh, that Johnny was alluding to, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that they're having release events at LGSs. Plus, they're having a release event at the GP, right, so yeah. it's 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 kind of forcing people to choose between uh, going to a GP, which yeah, obviously doesn't that's happen a right there. And yeah, people but are going to go to the Magic really Fest. Bad too. scheduling yeah. on their part, but well, I think it's it? on purpose. It, it might be by design. It's like I, it's, I don't know if that's on purpose. I feel like they fucked up and they're just trying. there's only so many weekends in the year, right? So well, you, well, here's the thing. I think right. they they realize how what a cash cow like like I said uh, I I made a tweet out today like talking to people on the hive mind 
Whoa. Oh, I thought my mic shit out. Sorry. Talking to people on the hive mind. I, you know, I always ask what people's favorite format is or, you know, just, just some cool times, uh, that, that you enjoy playing paper magic and everyone almost unanimous, unanimously says, uh, pre-release. I know that's what I look forward to. I don't, I don't get to draft that much. I don't get to play like standard and modern F and M's that much anymore, just because of all the, uh, all, all the, there's just not enough time to do all that stuff. So I do make it a point to do pre-releases. So, with Watsi, I think kind of realized that, and they're just like there is kind of uh, more money than we than we thought uh, was on the table for these. Like people really, it's it's a hallowed thing, right? It's almost yeah. like an event um, that's inside an event. It's like an F and M level event, but it's the it's always the biggest one because everyone's amped up about the new set. So again, kind of like the Amazon deal, they're like, how can we kind of drive it more? you know, inwards. And I think that's how is you, you schedule these giant events in these towns on pre-release weekend to kind of get that more. And it's going to siphon more away from the LGSs. but I think it was uh, kind of on purpose. Yeah. I'll kind of echo that uh, me specifically. I mean, for my money uh, pre-release is where it's at. My first was hour of devastation and I've absolutely made it a point to make everyone since uh, sometimes multiple uh, in, in a weekend, my group, we all love pre-release and uh, it's kind of for the magic of where it's at. It's not too competitive. It's super fun. You get the cards early. Uh, you get that deck building experience. Um, and as far as every card shop I've ever been to, it seemed to be very successful. So I, I, I can't see wizards of the coast, deviating from that product you know the specifics of is it actually a pre-release is it just a straight up release as long as i can get six packs open them up and compete i'm pretty good anyway because i felt like i don't know about you guys these last two specifically with arena being out um it didn't really feel like a pre-release because people had access to the cards early people were playing you know grinding uh yeah. draft and stuff early so i mean people jumpstart anyway it didn't really feel like a pre-release i kind of had some you know reps in myself um opening the six packs getting a cool promo having casual fun with my friends as long as that still happens whether it's a pre-release or it's just a release or whatever the case may yeah, be yeah so, so you'll still play yeah yeah absolutely yeah so, so I'm, I'm, I'm good with me i'm good so, i don't I mean, know it, it's, it's just it, it's a more special event because you don't pre-release every week like you can draft or you can go to fnm it's always this this more like i said lack of a better term hollowed event but where yeah. people get excited for I, I guess I don't see how it, that changes your "quote unquote" pre-release experience, though. If they're going to be calling, it, if all the products are going to release that day yeah. that the pre-release is going to happen, or normally would happen, how is that changing your experience? I'm going to immediately contradict myself, but I will say the pre-release having the cards early is like okay, these aren't out yet. That was part of the magic. If I could buy the booster box, like who gives a shit? It's not like I'm competing in standard events anyway. Yeah. And if you're buying booster boxes, you're buying sealed products the same day. I think so, so you're just talking about getting the cards early experience. Yeah, that, that, that was kind of cool. That was always fun, magical. Like, hey, you can't buy these cards yet. I go show my friends. I want to check out yeah, the rare standard yet. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool. But if, if you can buy the product anyway, I don't think that's even a thing anymore. So and and for for know. my for my money when when I was you know when I uh you know when I was going to pre-releases regularly, I haven't gone to one in some time because of just uh, scheduling issues. Um, but uh, one of the things was like before I was doing a bunch of content creation, like it was one of those things where me and my buddies, like we would brew uh, new, like, or like make additions to our EDH decks before like, Oh, th this card's coming out in the set. And I want to oh, try yeah. this out. And so basically like what we would, we would do was like, 
you know, we would play the pre-release, but then afterwards we'd all get together and be like, Oh, well, I need this, you know, I need this card. Can I borrow this until, you know, so we can test it out, you know? And so it's like, you know, getting those cards, like, like, you know, like Dean said, it's, it's just getting those cards before you, you're you supposed to, you know? And I get that, but you can get your booster box now during pre-release. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on the store, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Wizards allows that now. Yeah, they, oh, no, right. yeah, they it's straight up. You can yeah, do plain blocker decks and booster boxes for pre-release. No single booster yeah. packs, but yeah. Right. Uh, and, and well, and I mean, it also kind of create it might create an, uh, a problem with allocation. I mean, when I was in Vegas, a, a lot of the time, some of these smaller stores they had a problem even getting enough like prize support uh, packs for pre-releases, where they would just be like, you know, yeah, you know good job winning whatever but you have to come back during release week when we actually get enough product to allocate because kind of the you know everything went to the larger stores so now think about it if everyone is going to these magic fests and all the product is is focused and funneled into there are is that going to make even the larger lgs's suffer let alone the smaller guys as well i mean i mean i saw some london stores say that you know pre-release weekend's really big for them you know, money-wise, and this is going to affect them. So, yeah, I mean, that part really does suck. That's the part that I don't really like is them scheduling a GP at the same time. As you a think that's intentional, though? Is that like an intentional move by Wizards of the Coast yes. to kill? You think so? <laughs> Not <laughs> to kill, but just to get more money. I mean, yeah, true, true. Like yeah. it had to, it had to come up in a board meeting, right? Like, like they, like <laughs> well, they have, they have, well, they have much credit. No, I, but but they're they're a world they're drinking they're scotch, team. eating burgers. How can we get more of these kids' money? But, but <laughs> no, I, I I'm not saying that they that, that it was completely well thought out. But this is a multinational company. They they have to have some sort of like thing where they sit down and they they weigh the cost. Like like how much do we lose by, you know, these LGS is kind of losing out. How much do we gain by having having eyes on the GP, which I guess you can't watch anymore. So yeah, eyes so on the GP doesn't yeah, matter. I guess they didn't care about that one. <laughs> so I, I, it sounds more like Channel Fireball went to Wizards and was like, hey, we'll buy a shit ton of War of the Spark if you hold it during pre-release weekend. Right. And they're like, oh, awesome. Yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> that might, that's the other thing. You know, when we're talking about the, when we're talking about the board members smoking the cigars and drink, eating the burgers and drinking the scotch, <laughs> We're yeah. we're talking about people who are looking at numbers and chasing a bottom line. And when it comes to a corporation like Hasbro, they're going to ask, "Where's the money?" They're going to look at the numbers. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I don't have access to the information, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at their numbers, being like, "Arena's a money maker, and our casual formats like Commander, that's the money maker, and we want to make money on." A major event release with our big and it may be like channel there there have been there's been a bumpy transition for channel fireball when it comes to major events like gp new jersey there was a big to do about that and how poorly it was handled what like the way it went off like the the final eight the top eight just there was no fanfare about it and they had an old trophy they just used for yeah. like the trophy didn't, <laughs> didn't even get the trophy bear, right bear in mind yeah. bear in mind that this was happening during our, the US government shutdown so maybe the trophy they ordered actually couldn't yes, get there because part of the government yeah because of, <laughs> it's a conspiracy it's a government conspiracy that the plane it. was held up oh on purpose God. Donald Trump is is declaring a national emergency for pre-release of War of the Spark. Mark <laughs> <Ray> <laughs> <Ray> <laughs> Trump. 
<clears throat> so the wall, the wall will stop the immigrants from stealing all of our magic products. <laughs> That's why there's a, a wall sub theme in in Ravnica Legion. And I so need a lot more tech for my. Uh, the Elder Arcadia. Dragon is great with walls. Yeah. <laughs> Arcadius is getting some support in War of the Spark. Walls. Wall. Oh my god! But I am wondering if, like, when you it, when rang. Uh, <laughs> What are we talking about? You don't have the right tonight? picture. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. Uh, no, we'll, we'll just kill this right now. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, John. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I'm wondering what the GP numbers are looking like. Different GPs are having different levels of success. I think GP Toronto yeah. had. It sound. I'm hearing good stories out of GP Toronto that happened a couple weeks ago. Um, but GP New Jersey sounded like it was a hot garbage fire. Well, that's Jersey. But, was that the but one it, where the, the noise issues? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You think you're better than us? <laughs> they even <laughs> set their cap and drink water? What the sausage and peppers? Forget Didn't they about. set the attendance cap at 1400 for GP Jersey? Like, oh, it, no. it just yeah, seemed like they set the, the, the other thing I'm noticing is it looks like they're getting smaller venues, too. Yeah. So there's oh, like really it's Didn't weird. It's like maybe they, maybe Channel Fireball went to Wizard and be like, "Can we do this GP on a release weekend and try and boost these numbers?" Because the transition to whatever system they're transitioning mm. to isn't going as smoothly as they wanted. So I'm wondering if that's a motivation for doing that. And the money is in the pre-release, and Wizards is like, "Well, we'll make money here." And yeah. they're not worried about the local game stores anymore because they're not necessarily making the money they want to at the local game stores. Like this may be driving decisions at Wizards. And Milo and, said Toronto is a trash fire. I thought Toronto went off well. Uh, so oh, he said it was a tiny venue. Wow. Yeah. Is Toronto yeah, oh, the one that just happened recently when there was no school. Yeah, like am I crazy? Wasn't there like they had to switch calls because like there was like they couldn't even operate because there was just so much noise. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that wasn't Toronto. That was what um. Memphis, or you know, or yeah, yeah. Memphis, Memphis. Okay, yeah, it, yeah. It, it might like, also yeah. it might also look better on on like you know uh, uh, you know in business meetings to have had a very successful GP than to have a successful pre-release. I'm not sure how much Wizards weights these things. Obviously, I'm not an executive there, so I, and, and who knows? They might not have an idea of how they're weighted either. But <laughs> it, you know, it's it's one of those things that like Quite maybe fun. on paper it looks better for them. Who knows to investors or something? I don't know. It is about the numbers to the investors. They want to make it look pretty on paper, and that's man, Milo. I'm sorry to hear the Toronto was a trash fire. Dang, that was that's rough. Like. Of all the, like, you know, I don't know. I've been the more I hear about these 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 stories from GPs of like GP was something I kind of wanted to get to at some point, and I don't know. No, there's <laughs> the, still, it, I mean, the, especially Vegas is Vegas, pretty, pretty good. Like GP Vegas this year, I, I think I saw going around on the you know the internet that it was like a you know noticeable difference. I didn't really see the difference. I went last year. I went this year. It felt like it was pretty good. I feel like Las Vegas is like the exception to the rule because that's pretty much the main one, right? It's a like, Super it's a Bowl. Lot of, like the Super Bowl of, so I don't know if that's like the true factor, but I don't know. It seemed like it dipped a little bit this year. How uh, everybody here? Uh, what is your GP attendance plans for for this year? Uh, Start off with John. Uh, zero. No, <laughs> schedule and money, really. That's what it's coming down to. That, that's a, that's a reasonable, you know, like you need to take those into consideration. I'm just curious because, like, do, does does the uh, 
change do all these changes kind of affect your decision making besides like if 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 finances weren't an object or time wasn't an object uh would that change your would that change your mind or would it just be the deciding factor no i it, the the deciding factor is who am i gonna hang with like if i know all the hooligans and even the stomping grounds crew is gonna be there yeah if i got the money and time i'm showing up to the gp not because you, I'm gonna you don't want to hang out with them but like the jeep i think the disconnect i think the i think the disconnect is happening with the planning of a gp is planning around the main event that's where they're making their money that's what channel fireball is focused on but a lot of people who want to go to a gp don't play in the main event but then the support's not there for those people so you've got these two different interests kind of at odds with each other and the people who show like Milo was talking in the chat here that the, their their commander brew group was getting kicked out of playing casually with the fans like they kept getting relocated you, you that's tough when you don't have a designated play space for this format which is not a competitive format those players they're not going to come back to the gp they're going to be like well that was a waste of my time and they'll go to the yeah. local game store that happened to be there it's I think the nature of the events are going to change. I think what's happening with the G I think Channel Fireball may have bitten off more than they could chew when it comes to handling GPs globally. Like it's mm -hmm. a big deal, and SCG just looks better every time. Like I, I know SCG is pri primarily Northeast US, but they're you know they've got a tr good track record with their events, and the fact that it's not a GP might not matter with players as much anymore if Here's there's support. For, Here's the like, thing, though. I, I think we've been stuff. hanging off the teats of, of SEG for a while, and, and myself included, uh, th that they do do amazing coverage and all this. But, and, and I'm not trying to be an apologist for, uh, apologist for Channel Fireball, but they uh, now are the show. So maybe if SEG, maybe that's why SEG didn't want to be the show. They yeah. were the premier TO, right? Like no one ever really had a, a terrible experience at a, a SEG run event but maybe since channel fireball is the show it's just heavy the hair heavy the hair heavy the head where's the crown right it's just like if seg had all all of the things maybe we would be talking about oh well remember back in the day when channel fireball would put on these awesome okay things? No, no, no. I, I i gotta interrupt you there sure 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 yeah star city games all the star city games events have ever been they have the infrastructure to support tournaments and make a very smooth tournament go fair very okay. very well Channel Fireball. Do they travel internationally though? No, no, they, they do. Not. No, they channel don't. Fireball does not invest in their infrastructure. That's why every single Channel Fireball event I've been to, it's always a trash fire. Yeah. Uh, so, they, they so Zuby, uh, are, are you planning on going to any GPs this year or Magic Fest? Uh, Milo yeah. corrected us in the chat. It is yeah. Magic Fest. We are mostly screaming at Donnie Slivers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I, I just every time I see MF, I just hear Sam Jackson in my head, and it's all MF Mother in MF in Toronto, MF in Vegas. It's it's MF, really. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna try to go to GP Tampa next month. Um, and then I'm gonna try try to go to Seattle. Yes, yes, Queen. Yes, <laughs> yes. Do you then, coming to Seattle? I got a lot of PTO. All right. Yeah. You still going? Uh, I have a lot of PTO coming my way. I have it appoints. I have it on my calendar. I'm gonna try my best to come out to GP Seattle, aka Magic Fest, I believe. Right, so they're calling it now. <laughs> Magic <laughs> Fest Seattle is on the map. Uh, Magic, Magic Fest Vegas is gonna be. Uh, you know, I gotta go, man. Locally. 
jumping back on the S uh, Star City Games thing, um, very curious. I'm local, very active on Twitter. Uh, did not know that S uh, Star City Games was in town. I mean, it came and it went. I had no idea it was even here. I probably would have made a point to go. It seems like it's a very hardcore event, and I'm not sure why it kind of slid under my radar. Yeah, that was what right. a couple well, months ago like, that happened, right? Yeah, like I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they have the same backing for marketing wise, or if it's just like in people's mind. It seems like it's just more of like a pro event, right? Like, I, well, I'm not it sure also happened. Like, I think that happened during GP Milwaukee too. So you know, yeah. it, it did. It, yeah, that's what's the thing. I didn't find out about um, SCG Vegas until the weekend it was happening. So uh, like it was, yeah. it just seemed like I don't understand why there wasn't more promotion of that. And some people were coming back saying that there's not as much like when it comes to Magic Player Base out on the west end of the country, there's not as many people. Yeah. So, Isn't that the one that Nick Prince won? Yeah, right. I think that's the one that Nick yeah. Prince won. So it, it's like it's you've got a population density issue in the Northeast. There's magic players abound apparently. So that's a non issue for them. But when they go further out West, it's more of a scheduling financing thing for players out on the West coast to be like, make that trek to Vegas. Cause even though it's not that far from California, it's still a drive. I don't know how many hours, right. but it's not like 25 minutes down the road. So, yeah. you know, people, like people need to make a, they, there's a bit more effort that needs to go into getting to those events when you have that like that spread out kind of population of players. It's not no. as lucrative for SCG to go that far out west. Where's CFB based out of? Is it based out of California? I think Colorado. Channel Fireball? Really? Yeah. I thought they were California. Uh, they might be California. But I mean, I, you know, United States. So, so Zuby, so Zuby, you're going to you're going to uh, a local GP, but uh, yeah. as far as traveling, you, said, you said maybe, maybe sorry, Magic, <laughs> Magic Fest. Fest. <laughs> you said maybe, it's maybe Seattle, MF and Magic Fest. Yeah, yeah, maybe Seattle. Maybe, maybe Seattle again. You have to okay. take a drink anytime someone says GP. <laughs> <laughs> what What about you, Dean? Are, are you Are you going to Are you going to uh, make an effort to go to any MFers? <laughs> uh, I'm making my MF Seattle. I will be there. I will, I'm trying my hardest, unless uh, scheduling conflicts aside. I'm gonna try my hardest to go to Seattle. Uh, always, I've been there once. Uh, you know, the Washington area, beautiful site. You know, beautiful area. We're gonna go up there for some magic. I'll be at uh, Magic Fest Vegas for sure. Maybe some other ones, but two on the radar for 2019. What about you, John? And I'm excited. Sorry, oh no, 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 no. Uh, sorry, I kind of, I kind of went in when I thought you were, you, you were at a low point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to MF Niagara with Milo, like you said in the chat. I'm not gonna go to Seattle. They've got uh, one in Niagara. I don't know. I'm not going to Seattle. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> I've been, I've been making plans. Plans. I'm going for it, man. You guys <laughs> are gonna be there. Yeah, I'll be at MF Seattle. MFers, of course. Yep. It'll be awesome. MF throw down all these MF and magic players. That's right. You happy <laughs> now, Milo? We're MF and out of our ASS. Um, all right. Well, that's our that's our show for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dean, we didn't really. I mean, I, I was trolling your channel today, uh, and it is you are you're just over a hundred subs, and that is criminal because you have <laughs> some really really high production value on your content. Um, so if anyone is in the chat or any uh, guests right now or uh, co-host right now, if you aren't subscribed to to Young Corpse TV, you should because the production value is that of a couple thousand uh, subscriber kind of level. So um, yeah, everyone go head over and, and click on that subscribe button for, for Dean Young Corpse TV. Uh, where can everyone find you, sir? 
me on YouTube at Young Corpse TV, obviously. Uh, Twitter at Young Corpse TV as well. Uh, those are kind of the two main hubs right now. The YouTube channel is still growing. I've kind of been really going hard at it for the last year. I think, honestly, uh, uh, consistency has been an issue. It's a labor of love. I kind of absolutely love kind of creating content. So just kind of getting that schedule going. We, we all go through the same thing as content creators. A lot of board games, a lot of uh, Magic the Gathering, some nostalgia, some fun stuff. Find me at those two spots. And Twitter is kind of always popping. I always kind of keep my finger on the pulse of the MTG scene. Love what's going on. And it's been an absolute pleasure to be here tonight. So thank you guys. You're great, man. Glad that Good we can finally make this work. Uh, Mr. Yeah, the 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 best bench man in Magic the Gathering, Mr. Cody Smith. Where can everyone find you, sir? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is at FishCastMTG. Um, I'm I'm the primarily person uh, primary person behind all the social media stuff. Um, my co-host is at Matthew Cotto Eight, um, but I'm also on Twitch at Twitch.tv/FishCastMTG. I stream once a week, and uh, I like. I like streaming uh, because I get to talk to my friends and a lot of people in chat, like Eric shows up sometimes. And uh, uh, there's a few other people that, that uh, honestly I haven't seen in chat today, but, uh, but they're, they're usually around on my stream. So it's, it's always fun to hang out with people and talk and, and joke around. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Nice. All right. It is good. Good times. Good fun at the fishing Amir folk podcast. Uh, Mr. The producer, Johnny Slivers, uh, Mr. The, the cackling one himself drinking that Mr. yaks milk Mr. or whatever. Yaks, the, my, my whatever yaks the hell milk you're drinking, you weirdo. What do you, where can people find you? <laughs> yeah, you can find me on the Twitters at Johnny Slivers. I'm also on YouTube. Uh, cackling Carnarium is the channel name, but it's, like I always say, it is the bodega stock room of YouTube channels. And uh, I also do uh, EDH columnist writing for cardsphere.com. So check me out there. Check me out on Twitter. Find me on Twitter. That's where you find me. And uh, yeah, that's that's the, there it is. Oh, and I can, just to kind of redeem myself, the Shivan Dragon came from Commander Central Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who do Commander Talk. So check them out sometime. And uh, yeah. That's there. I had to fix that. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, Zuby, before you tell everyone the best uh, plug in the game, uh, you we have a special announcement. I don't even think the other hooligans know. I don't even think our producer knows. But uh, Zuby, you want to kind of break the news on our little announcement here? Oh, yeah. Um, so <clears throat> we, John and I are working on getting 10 Street hooligans on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We're going to be making it a, an official audio podcast as well. In case you Love don't it. like watching a YouTube video, you can now hear our beautiful voices. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, <laughs> Why does it stress you out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have Zuby, the 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 uh, the audio podcast ASMR guy. So, like, <laughs> like you, guys will be, you guys will be set. <laughs> I'm close, right? Got, yeah. I've got considerable anxiety about our no. shows and no, no, rarely no, no, no. ever Listen, go back and watch them. So come on, Johnny, <laughs> I don't want to hear myself great. again. So instead of great. having, instead of us getting dozens of people watching, we'll have ones of people listening. <laughs> <laughs> come on, tens sure. of people be there. I'll be there. Right. We'll have, we'll have, have speakers, dozens of audience. 
Well, and I will be remastering uh, the backlog on that too. So I'll be adding some intros, maybe some cool little drops, uh, some maybe some music throughout too. I don't know. I just want to kind of spice it. Or Zuby and I were talking about. It. I just kind of want to spice up. Uh, yeah, it, it is an audio format because I think across the board in all the shows, uh, Hive Mind, all that stuff, I, it just severely underestimated uh, the want for an audio only format uh, so people uh-huh. could, you know listen to it in on trips or in the car or whatever uh so i that's definitely coming very very soon um yeah i caught up on my hive mine on on my flight today so. yay yeah, yeah jake and joel were huge podcast i love the audio archives keep them coming love it awesome uh okay hey, you, have to, you have to publish my episode of <laughs> of hive mind <laughs> of course eventually, oh yeah eventually, eventually eventually no it's on there it's on constructive criticism man Oh, okay. Secret oh, okay. episode. I like it. Nice. It's a secret episode. That's, too the, hot, too that's the problem. The internet, like, what's going all, on? All, yeah. all my audio stuff is everywhere. It's like we're going to have 10 Street yeah. on something. We're, we have the Hive Mind on Concerned Criticism, yeah. and then all the movie stuff's on our own. It's just crazy. But yeah, without yeah. further ado, all the teasing aside, Zuby, uh, where can everyone find you, sir? Oh, okay. All right. Let me let me make you wait and anticipate it for a second. Magic Zuby can be found on the following iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Can also be found on Facebook.com slash Magic on Twitter at Magic on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby, and you can email me at mtgzuby at gmail.com. Um, yeah, that's about it. The yeah. best, the best in the business. Johnny, are we doing yeah. D&D next? Uh, oh, yes, D&D, our next episode. Oh, we are? Yeah. Next- <laughs> yes. Seriously? You gotta tell the dungeon master. Yeah, you got to tell the DM. <laughs> it's in that chat. Come on. Like right. I know how to read. <laughs> our, our next episode of Tin Street Hooligans will be taking place on March 12th. That will be our D&D special uh, second episode of the – did we finally settle on a campaign name? or no. we were? Yeah, no, we, we need to come up with a campaign name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, the jackasses of Tin Street will be taking place. <laughs> Here, we'll, we'll put out a Twitter poll and the, and the fans could uh, pick it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to get that. We'll 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 get on that. <laughs> <laughs> so PK will be back for that. So because she's our our regular for that show, uh, for sure. So yeah, you I'm can excited. find what's that. I got a prep. You got a prep. Yeah, get to work. Maybe <laughs> you you didn't know that you were on the clock. <laughs> uh, I got to do all the fucking work. Damn it. Yeah. All right. Well, you you can find me right here on this very channel. They said we said thank you so much for all the new subscribers uh, today. Uh, We're almost we're almost there. We're almost a real YouTube channel, Uh, gentlemen. We're almost at that thousand. Also, before we go, remember to check out YouTube's later. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, Which we have a a new. There is going to be a a YouTube's for February. Correct, Cody. Yeah, yeah. It's it's later. It's uh, later this month. It's I think it's. I think it's literally the twenty eighth is the the day we decided to do it. So, cool. um, uh, with my wife leaving, it's kind of put a a, a, a damper on my note writing. So she just I went to work. Don't feel bad for her. She went to work for nine months. So, wait, how long? Nine months. So oh, I'm a shit. I'm a father of three for nine months. Dude, yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm working on a bachelor program, so so thoughts and prayers, <laughs> thoughts and prayers. God damn, bro! It's okay. It's okay. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts where, and prayers. Where, do, where do you live, Cody? Uh, Oklahoma. Okay, that's too far away. I do. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe this video. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you guys for stopping by at uh, Ten Street Hooligans. I almost said I almost said Stomping Grounds, but that's the wrong show. No, we don't want to say <laughs> them. What's no. what's Stomping Grounds? I don't know. What <laughs> it's a magic card. No, they're it's great. Where a bunch of bronies and Little Mermaid fans hang oh. out. I, I still I oh. still honestly haven't watched it. So I'm I'm getting <laughs> a little happy it? on this. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Uh, stay tuned. This this week is a is a packed uh, packed docket, so to speak. Uh, tomorrow, uh, well, yeah. I'm not gonna say that's behind the curtain, but uh, this uh, week we're gonna get uh, Cat Light. Uh, she's gonna be on the Hive Mind, and oh, then uh, Jason and Lindsay Washburn's gonna join us again for Director's Cut. We're talking about Gus Van Sant. So that is the and week. Mono Blue Shitters and Mono Blue Shit hashtag Mono Blue Shitters hashtag Spirit Squad. Uh, yeah, see you guys later. Bye. Bye.